Milligan College Radio. Those are the stories. Those are the funny things. Those are the things you look back and go, I can't believe we got away with that. It's not enough to play pre-recorded pop and Christian hits. It's got to be stuff that's actually made by Milligan for Milligan. It was a lot of fun. It was all students, and a lot had never been in radio before. The best part for me was the feedback I got, because the Milligan community has been very gracious. 20 years ago, September the 9th, 1996, WUMC signed on the air for the first time. Hello, I'm Caleb Perney, station manager of WUMC Milligan College Radio. Over the next half hour, we'll take a look back at the history of Milligan Radio. I've had the privilege to talk with many former Milligan students who are part of this station. We'll hear their fun and exciting stories, as well as excerpts of some of WUMC's best student shows. But in order to talk about the history of WUMC, we have to take a look back even further to Milligan's first radio station, 25 years ago. In the early 90s, Milligan had two radio stations. One was broadcast on AM 870, and the other used a technology called Carrier Current. Carrier Current carries radio waves over lines used for cable TV. Lowell Paxson, for whom the communications building is currently named, purchased a Kingsport station AM 870 WFKB in the fall of 1991 as a sort of lab for Milligan students. Dusty Garrison was a faculty member at the time, and he served as station manager of WFKB. Our first uh, responsibility, really, was to change the call sign to something that would reflect Milligan and something that, you know, could be fun and, um, and marketable and, and have, uh, have a little bit more outreach. And so... The um, we did some research and the call sign that we chose was WZMC, and um, you know Z is kind of a fun letter and and the MC of course for Milligan College. WZMC signed on from Milligan on February 11, 1992. Lee Harrison, class of 1994 and a current vice president here at Milligan, worked on both stations while she was a student. We would get these reels in the mail that had all the music pre-programmed for like, I don't know what they were, maybe two hours, hour and a half worth of music, maybe even longer than that. And um, basically we would put those, you know, on the machines to play. And there were, it seems like I remember two, there could have been even more than that. And then the commercials were in the the tracks um, and we would kind of put, as I recall, we'd put those into the machine, and so basically it was all computer programmed, believe it or not, even back then. But it would just play music off the reels, and it was all Christian contemporary music. As I recall, we were just about the only radio station in the Tri-Cities area in those days that was playing exclusively contemporary Christian music. Uh, everybody else was either Southern Gospel or else they they had a lot of... Uh, uh, preachers on there, and and uh, um, you know it was it was Christian talk radio was was really uh, was really popular, but there there weren't a lot of stations playing Christian music, and so that was kind of the niche that we were going for. We brought a lot of Christian artists to Milligan and to the Tri Cities area. Uh, we had we had some really great concerts. 
with some of the biggest names in Christian music in those days. Uh, DC Talk and Twyla Paris and Stephen Curtis Chapman. And the other station that was more of just kind of a campus station and just more of a lab for the communication students, um, as I recall, it was a little bit more open. I don't know that it had any particular format. I think it was kind of open to whatever we wanted to do because it seems like I remember you know some of my classmates and other students that did that playing different types of music or some of them did talk shows. WZMC unfortunately wasn't able to bring in enough money to support the station. It was closed and sold in 1995. We, we tried for a couple of years to sell enough commercials to be able to break even and we were never able really to do that. WZMC AM870 is now WPWT and plays bluegrass music. A lot of memories just, or a lot of time and hours spent down there um, watching those reels go round and round, um, which nobody sees nowadays. Uh, It's all different. So it was a good experience. I remember it seemed fun at the time, whether anyone was listening or not, to just sit down and kind of be a radio disc jockey, uh, as pathetic as I probably was at it. Um, It was fun to just kind of jump in and and dabble at it. About a year later, radio returned to Milligan, this time on the FM dial. Carrie Sweeney, she helped us just get it back off the ground, and we had a lot of old equipment. Uh, We used the basement of the Paxson Communication Center room off the TV studio at that point in time. That's Carrie Link's class of 1998. Carrie and two other students, Mark Mooney and Tammy Klein, were station managers when the new radio station began. You know, to start, we had no music. And so any CDs that they had had when the radio station was open were long since. And so we were going off of old tracks, I mean CDs, and nothing was digital, obviously, at that point, because it was 20 years ago. But we just started writing production companies, and they would send us free music. And it was a lot of fun. Um, it, just, it was all students, and a lot had never been in radio before. So it gave them a chance to just get on and talk. And, you know, once in a while, we'd have to listen to make sure nobody was saying something they shouldn't be saying. I've read that when you first started that you had something like uh, two dozen people that, that signed up to do shows. Yes, it was huge, really quick, right off the bat. Um, one of the funnier shows was a show called Tom and Todd, the Tom and Todd show. So we give away autographed White Castle menus <laughs> to callers. I mean, it was just kind of nuts. We were so low budget, we had no funds whatsoever to start with. Tom Goodlett and Todd Baldwin were the very first radio host on WUMC when it began on Monday morning, September 9, 1996. A Stampede article from that time says they were a bit nervous and said a big prayer before going on the air. They received a lot of calls on air that morning showing support. Tom was from the class of 2000. He told me a bit about his show. Um, it was, uh, it was nuts. Hey, we're here kicking butt and chewing gum. The Tom and Todd Show. We were all out of butt. It, it was a, a morning show we tried to go as crazy as possible um, when we were doing it weekly we we would play songs when we did it later on like I think our junior senior year we just did it we, we made it all comedy um, we did all sorts of bits and and 
music guests. We'd call people up in the morning to wake them up and just and say, "Don't cuss, you're on the radio." Um, we uh, we do anything kind of to push the limits. The craziest on on the radio um, was we did a we called it barf night, and we did a contest of a milk chugging contest of can you drink a gallon of milk without throwing up on the radio, and uh, and we had several people throw up on the radio, so it kind of we did crazy stuff is what we did and just try to make it as wild and crazy as we could. The milk chugging is that as exciting on the radio as it would be to watch it in person? Um, I think it was better because we put um, we put we got a big garbage pan in the middle of the studio and put like metal pans on the bottom and had the boom mic so that when it hit the bottom of the uh, the garbage can it made like a real clear like smacking sound. It was disgusting. It was awesome. And then we stirred like other things like canned chili and other things in it to try and get the other guys to throw up. This is barf night on the Tom and Todd show. We're having four contestants in here drinking a gallon of milk. Whoever yeah. finishes it the fir- whoever finishes it first, the quickest, and keeps it down in an hour, uh, they'll get fifty dollars. So that's pretty unbelievable. Let's hear it for barf night, everybody. <laughs> I think we got a barfer coming up. Do we really? I don't know. Do we really? <laughs> They're standing on their chairs. Who's, who's gonna go? Who's Looks like Paws may lose it first. This is barf night on the Tom and Todd show. Not to be mistaken with fart night. <laughs> fart night is a completely different night. I say we we also had fart night too. That was a whole other one. <laughs> where we called a guy from Oklahoma who could suck in air through his butt and let out long farts. So that was another classy one So <laughs> that we did. <laughs> Carrie, basically, she got so tired of coming out and yelling at us that eventually she would just step outside in the hall and flip the lights on and off, and that's how we knew that we were in trouble. So you got in trouble often? Almost, almost daily. <laughs> For my birthday. They put makeup on me and stuff, hog-tied me to a pole and left me on her porch. And she untied me, made me a sandwich, gave me a Coke, and drove me home. So that, that was kind of our relationship. So. <laughs> so she's had a couple adventures with us, too. So one wonderful Wednesday, Todd and I host the live um, barf day or whatever. So because it was so big on the radio, they're like, let's do that again. But we did it wonderful Wednesday. It's just people are drinking milk and pouring slop on their feet. And they gave, like, away a TV for the winter. So it was awesome. And I remember in 2000, there was the election. I don't know if it was like Bush versus Gore or something like that. But throw in our own candidate, and it was like Harry Carey for president. It was back when Will Ferrell would do the Harry Carey on Saturday Night Live, and, and, uh, and we had a friend of ours who could do Harry Carey pretty well. What is it that you stand for, Harry? I believe that the hokey pokey really is what it's all about. Is the hokey pokey going to change America? That's right. And I'm gonna prove that the moon is made of cheese. Scientific endeavor has always been a centerpiece of American culture. We had a bunch of a bunch of bits that we did that we pre-recorded or did, and I'm pretty sure if I remember right, Carrie only let us do about half of them on the radio. Most of them were too insulting or offensive or something like that. <laughs> Hello, this is Tom Goodlett from the Tom and Todd Show, and today we're going to be doing what I like to call it's a, it's a very special feature. I'm calling it Interview from the Can. And we're gonna go ahead and slide on in here. And it looks like we got somebody on the can right now. Todd, Todd and I, by the way, both communications majors, and uh, we just kind of clicked. 
and uh, we're still great friends to this day. In fact, I was the best man in his wedding, and he was the best man in my wedding, and we still keep in contact. And he just got his PhD, by the way, <laughs> and I just published a book. So I look back and go and la- we laugh that we tell those jokes all the time, you know, those stories all the time of the crazy college days on WUMC. WUMC also broadcasted ball games live from the beginning. Kyle Long and Brian White commentated the first game on November fifteenth, nineteen ninety six. Um, yeah, it was it was exciting. Um, I think either neither Brian nor I really knew what we were getting into. We've never done it before, and so there was there was a bit of ignorance with I think going into it. Um, but we had we had a great time. In the first few years, WUMC continued to improve. The current transmitter behind Hart Hall was added at the end of 1998, and the station began broadcasting 24 hours a day beginning in January of 1999. Warren McCrickard, class of 2003, was a station manager of WUMC. I think really the one of the most memorable things was the fact that the the radio station was really, um, you know, built for students by students, you know, for the enjoyment of students. So. Um, it was it was a landscape. It was a, a blank slate without um, having too much of a fixed kind of system that you had to live within. So I don't I don't really hold one specific memory or one specific uh, show that really stood out. I mean, there was a girl that I liked at one point that had a show. So you know, you listen to that. But I mean, that that wasn't by any means because she played better music. It was more just you know. It's million. They live up the hill, man. Like if you can, if you can figure out ways to talk to them more, you do it. So, what does it mean to you to know that we are still getting credit card offers addressed to you? <laughs> uh, oh, that's hilarious. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, it, it means a lot. It means that hopefully I, I put put a name out there with the radio station tied to it to a lot of places. The radio station was really. Uh, it was one of the only things I think within. Milligan that was bigger than your department. You know, if you were a theater major, then you were a part of the, the theater company and the troupe. And they might have all open auditions, and you might have a few people that jump in and join, but for the most part, it was kind of wrapped into that theater landscape. And, I mean, the same could probably be said of the radio station, except, I mean, you had guys who were, you know, more focused to sports broadcasting that would be a part of it. Um, you had guys who who just, you know, loved loved you know being creative be, being a part of something creative and and could use the radio station as an outlet. Brian Mills was station manager in 2006. He was part of many of the advancements with computers that came to WUMC. Computer automation was added while he was here and Brian also worked toward introducing our live stream which went online in 2009. One of the big changes he left us with are his many station IDs. That ran on WUMC until just a few years ago. Hey, Buckaroo. Hey, this is Mills. Yes, my name is Brian. You're listening to 9.5 FM WUMC Milligan College Radio. Can life get better? I submit that it cannot. Uh, that was actually something I had a lot of fun with. Um, I would do that before study time or just back in the dorm or whatever. I'd just hear different things. Um, you know, like that. that one was a... Brian Regan comedy routine and obviously we share a first name and I I heard that yes my name is Brian line and it's like oh I'll use that that's funny a few others there that I just you know I did the same thing there's there may still be quite a few talk beds in there 
Milligan College Milligan College Radio. News, weather, sports. Um, I did, geez, I don't know how many, but basically I was just, that I liked at the time or that were popular or whatever. And um, if they had a, a fairly, you know, a lot of, a lot of songs will have a lengthy intro or outro where there's no lyrics. And so I would take those and loop them uh, or sometimes combine them depending on, depending on the particular song, how that, uh, how it worked out for that track, but I'd loop it and chop it up and beat match it. So it would flow, you know, normally. So it didn't sound all choppy or anything. So we could have stuff to play below us while we're talking. I don't understand some of the uh, pop culture references, so can you tell me about um, yeah about Strong Bad? Hey, Strong Bad, what's up? Can you play the guitar? Yeah, I can play the guitar. Ninety point five. I can also play some pretty hot licks too. WUNC. And then I'm like the founder dragon contender. Milligan College Radio. Oh, oh yeah. Who is Strong Bad? Oh, bless your heart. I'm so... Uh, hang on, I have to tell my wife. Hey, Bree. Yeah. So I got this guy interviewing me from the radio station. He's doing, like, a project or something. Um, but he's got the ID that I made. And he goes, so what is what is Strong Bad? Who is Strong Bad? So sad. All right, sorry. I'm not making fun of you. It's just... Uh, there's a website called homestarrunner.com and it was a well it still exists actually which is amazing they don't they don't really add to it much anymore but they would do regularly posted animated videos and there were quite a few characters that were a part of that website one of the more popular sections of that website was called strong bad emails there's animated character would uh, read and respond to probably made up emails with different sketches and it's a very um, like the whole site is very inside jokey with itself but it was pretty popular amongst myself and and other students at the time and uh, actually I was turned on to it when I was in high school even before 02 Um, and so Strong Bad is that's the same character that I think we've got one in there about the uh, turning the lights on, and we installed the switch so you can turn the lights on and off, not so you can throw a light switch raves. 90.5. We had that light switch installed for you so you could turn the lights on and off. WUMC. Not so you could throw lights which raves. College Radio. Um, and different funny one-liners from that character. So, yeah, that was one that when I, when I would be watching some of those videos that would come out every week or definitely occasions where I heard that and I was like, oh yeah, I can sing to throw an ID on. Then there's the utter misery that is college radio, where they apparently just let any bewildered freshman wander into the booth and try to run a radio station. College radio can pretty much be summed up in five words. Dead air, um, dead air. Brian also had his own radio show. Dr. Dylan, as you well know, Mills on the Air is on every single Wednesday from 5 o'clock to 7.30. I understand you've had a chance to listen to the show. Tell us what you thought about it. What you have is a lot of disgruntled country folk in Russia. Okay, wasn't aware we were putting off the angry Russian vibe. Have you heard any other reactions to the show? There are some 
who see this whole situation and say, this is nuts. All right, well, y'all can check out Mills on the Air Madness every Wednesday from 5 o'clock to 7.30 on 90.5 FM WUMC Milligan College Radio. It was always fun to do the show. Hey, you know, when you give out the request line number to actually have people call in, because, of course, that's the only way we know people are actually listening. So it was pretty gratifying to to have those calls come in and things like that. So we did try to put our audience, but also it's a, you know, the show is just kind of like, hey, I like this. I'm going to play it. Hope you like it, too. Dawn, it's time for us to talk about the phenomenon that is sweeping college campuses across the nation. It is called... Facebook! Yes, it's Give Facebook. Give it up for Facebook, everybody. Facebook.com. It's extremely addicting, and uh, Dawn and I are both on it. I didn't find out until... Uh, class on I think it was Monday. I came back. I heard about it on the way home from well, on the way back here from home. Everybody's like, we have Facebook. And I'm like, rock on. Yeah, I was literally in a class. I had my little laptop. Yes, I'm a and geek- you were on it. I'm a geeky guy. Found out like as the class was starting. By the end of class, I had like 16 friends. Earlier, we heard the stories of the Tom and Todd Show, WUMC's first delve into comedy. Even today, we're continuing that tradition, though without the milk chugs. A bro mom is first and foremost a bro. That, in the absence of your actual mother or maternal figure, operates as your mom. Hold that thought. Looks like we got a call. I just um, had a question about bro moms, and I just want to know, what is like the ideal situation for a bro mom to come into action? So let's say, for instance, you're driving on the road and you see uh, a horde of chickens coming at you so let's say i'm the bro male i'm right? the bro i'm just the bro yeah I'll zach's be- zach's the bro and i'm the bro male. zach's first instinct is going to be to raise awareness at that time and say look at all those chickens and as a bro mom instead of me going along with the said statement i have to coincide and say hold on let's think about this that's an excerpt from "The Heck Just Happened," hosted by Zach Hollyfield and John Allen in 2014. So "The Heck Just Happened" um, came out of a conversation me and John had in our dorm room one night. Uh, we were just talking about random nothingness, and it was really just ad lib. The whole conversation was completely ad lib, and we got to the end, and it was really funny. And we thought, dude, we could have a radio show. That would be entertaining to listen to on a radio show. And so we thought, well, heck, we try it, and. So we did it, and we, I mean, we had more concrete topics going in than just complete ad lib all the time, but a lot of the conversations were know the topic and just go off the top of your head with what comes up, so. Bro Moms was by far the best moment ever on Heck Just Happened, followed closely by how many chickens, or all the chickens, but, uh, so those were two of my favorite. I'm not going to give too much weight about those, I feel like people need to listen to those to yeah, really fully sure. grasp it, um, but those were definitely two, two of the best episodes we've ever had. Maybe Milligan College Radio has ever had in its history, I would argue. I would argue the same. The The Bro Moms episode was pretty spectacular. So where did the bro mom term come from? Well, I need a lot of help in my life. I do a lot of stupid things. And John kind of is my voice of reason for me. So I'm. there was one night I was opening, maybe I was opening a can of soup. I'd ripped off the tab but hadn't gotten open so I was trying to use a spoon to open it, or, may, or I was pouring it out in the sink, or I was doing something wrong. It was with bad. This can of soup. It Whatever was really it was. ignorant. And John just goes, Zach, 
what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm opening this can of soup. And he's like, that's not how you do it. And in that moment, I really felt like John was a mom to me. I really felt like my mom, if she had been there, would have done the same thing. And she wasn't. So John, who is my bro, also acted as my mom. And so a bro mom is just, in the absence of a mother, um, a bro that in the absence of your mother acts as your maternal figure who points you along the right way, you know, calls you out when you're doing stupid things, says, no, this is what you're supposed to do. So different things like that. And in several instances happened that same night. And that's I just called him. I was like, dude, you're such a bro mom. That, that just happened then. That episode when, when it aired um, – it was uh, lit. That, yeah, it really was. <laughs> there was that was the episode that we had the most calls, I believe, mm-hmm, yeah. and we had the most um, uh, interaction, you know, with uh, with other people listening in, and that was just a whole lot of fun. And people were just like asking questions, like, "Well, what does this mean? What does that mean?" And we'll tell you right now. I mean, we had to get a doctrine of bro moms like down <laughs> pack, because we were wondering, well, like, what about your like bro's bro is he your like your bro grandmom and it was really just confusing yeah at that point and what about your girl's like mom like or like your girl's bro is that mom? A, like what is that, that even chick mean? dad <coughs> chick dad <laughs> i think that's what we talked about um but all of it was like it was not scripted at all so None um that's yeah it was so much fun i was really glad that we were able to do that um <coughs> just because um you know within a radio show we definitely figured that it's really hard to do. Um, it's really not easy. So, like, it was respect for radio talk show hosts, you know, and what they do, like, on just on, you know, on the radio when you're driving to work and stuff. It's just really, it's just really cool to think about. But um, I think we also gained, like, experience of, like, both Zach and I, like, our friendship, but also, like, experience with, um, like, kind of, it's just, a, it was just a foreign, a, a different experience to have. And so I think that was the thing that drove me the most. I guess I just hope that someone picks up the mantle. Not necessarily the mantle of the heck just happened, but someone picks up the mantle of nonsensical radio show. Yeah. And I think it should be a genre. And cre- creativity. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Can, has a huge span of, yeah, it's just a, it's just a very large span so and it stretches your creativity. You got to think every week of some something new to do, a new game to play. Like whether it's Joel Osteen or Fortune Cookie, um, who said it, or it's like crazy like like food mascots in the country. Like I mean, you just got to think of crazy things to talk about that'll be funny and interesting, but not. I mean, just come, I mean it's like eight or I don't know how many weeks it is in a semester. Like it's at least fourteen. So I mean, that's a lot of different things to come up with like throughout the semester. After a several-year hiatus, WUMC restarted live sports broadcast last year with commentator John Stedman. That sounds so hot. <laughs> that sounds so hot. That smoldering voice, holy cow. Are you hearing that? I think the best moment from this year was actually during soccer season when we did one of the girls' home soccer games. And uh, we kept talking about Amy Long, who's from England. Her her family reached out to the station and just said, thank you so much for doing what you're doing, because we really want to see and hear our daughter play. And so um, that, was, that was a really cool moment. So I guess um, the best part for me wasn't necessarily um, having the best seat in the crowd of the basketball games or... Um, 
being there 50 minutes early <laughs> to shut up before the game starts. But uh, the best part for me was the feedback I got because the Milligan community has been very gracious. I loved having Cody as a partner. Today our Lady Buffs are taking on the Columbia College Koalas. The Koalas are sporting a delightful all-purple uniform. I'm really a huge fan, Cody. Right on, John, right on. I like the mascot. Let it be known, purple is one of the most regal colors there ever is. And any team wearing purple has solid in my book. <laughs> I think when we first started out, um, there's kind of that uh, period where you're trying to figure each other out. And um, we begin to really mesh towards kind of, I would say, maybe the end of November. I think we really started to get things together because he has – he he started picking up on how I like to approach commentating the games and the way that I do play-by-play -play and um, the detail that I use when I'm trying to describe what's happening for our radio viewers. And I started to pick up on some of the, his favorite his favorite phrases, like the old-fashioned three-point play. I must have <laughs> he started saying that uh, our first game that we did together, and it, I started saying it by the end of our time together and I think my, my one of my favorite moments actually that I didn't get to talk about was the last game that we broadcasted there was a moment when um, I think I was coughing or something and I had to stop I had to back away from the mic for a second and Cody actually took over and he was he was commentating exactly how I commentate a game and so that was really um it was nice to hear. It was really just kind of a special moment where you're like, wow, um, I guess we've been doing this together for a while. Because <laughs> he would go through and he would describe what was happening exactly the way I would always do it. And so, um, yeah, that was really special. And I'll miss doing it with him, for sure. Cody Carlson is continuing our live sports broadcast now as a solo commentator. WUMC also added a live music program last year based on the results of a listener survey. Gabriel hosted the first season of the show. You know, I play piano and I sing and I play percussion, but, like, I couldn't have performed on my own on the show. I couldn't have been a performer, um, which is both exciting to have people on and also humbling because you're like, this could not occur. This show would not exist if there weren't other talented people who, for some reason, take a lot of joy and performing because for me the thought of sitting down and trying to play music in front of this microphone in the studio would be just unnerving to the point of um, it would be a form of suffering for me. I think one of my favorites was Jonathan Russell. He So this is the second week, third week, we had a performer kind of fall through. So it was a day of. So this is Thursday and I'm like panicking like shoot, 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 I need somebody. So I'm texting and I'm calling people and I'm in choir. So this means it's like 4.35 p.m. and the show's at 7 and I don't have anybody. And so I just, I, I texted someone and said, what's Jonathan Russell's number? Only reason I did that was because I had, my voice lesson, I had it moved to Thursday for that week. And he went, or I think it was Thursday, and he was before me. So I heard him singing and playing guitar when I went up to my voice lesson. I was like, wow, he's really good. I didn't know that. And so, and I knew he had music that he knew because he's in voice lessons, so he has to have these songs. So I got some, I texted someone, said, what's his number? Got the number and then called him or texted him while I was in class. 
and he was napping when I sent the text, so no response for a while. But then he said, yeah, I'll do it. And so he showed up, and a lot of it he just had the computer up, and he would just look up songs and just play the chords and just go with it um, on the radio. But that was, so that was really enjoyable. And the interview, he was homeschooled, I was homeschooled, so we kind of had a powwow about that. And at the end, we uh, we did a duet to Justin Bieber's uh, Love Yourself, which was really fun because he was winging it and I was winging it. And maybe this is going to make everybody mad, but it is fostering community. And that's if what if that's what we really want at Milligan, this is a way of doing it. It has to be it's not enough to play pre-recorded pop and Christian hits. It's got to be stuff that's actually made by Milligan for Milligan. And if that continues to be um, the way people view it, if it continues to be something that is exciting and interesting to people, I think this show has the potential to um, go a lot of places and um, and be an opportunity for students to, to go places. And that's a sentiment that we have heard throughout this program, that over the past 20 years, WUMC has been a place where friendships have grown stronger, community has been built, and creativity has run wild. And that brings us to the conclusion of this special look back at the history of Milligan Radio. I'm Caleb Perney, station manager of WUMC Milligan College Radio. Thank you for joining me, and have a great rest of your night. Celebrating 20 years as your radio station. 90.5 WUMC.